Hello, my Rebels. Today I tell you about Bill 1 in Alberta. That's Jason Kenney's bill to fight back against the railway blockades. But I was really excited about it when I read it. I got to say it's a little bit lame. I'll show you why. Hey, before I get out of the way, can you do me a favor and go to rebelnews.com and sign up for a premium subscription? It's eight bucks a month. You get the video version of this podcast. And I should tell you, we just bought three fancy new cameras and it looks great. That's rebelnews.com. Sign up for a premium subscription. Okay, um, here's the podcast. Tonight, Alberta introduces a law to fight back against railroad blockades, but what's the point if they're not enforcing existing laws? It's February 26th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Tech resources canceled their $20 billion oil sands mine. Can you blame them? Let me put it another way. Would you personally invest, say, $20,000 in an oil sands mine in Alberta under Trudeau and his RCMP? We showed you on Monday what the company said. They said Canada is just too risky politically, which is insane given that other countries that tech resources feels comfortable operating in, including Latin American countries that are going through violent uprisings. Tech isn't pulling out of those jurisdictions. Trudeau's CBC state broadcaster and other media party bailout media types are emphasizing that it was tech resources that made the decision, not Trudeau. They're trying to remove Trudeau as a blameworthy party. But tech has been ready to go for 11 years. Just over the weekend, the last of the Indian bands in the neighborhood signed up for all systems go. It was green lights all the way until these railroad blockades, and more importantly, Trudeau's refusal to do anything about them. There will always be crime in society. There will always be protests. That's fine. We have ways to deal with those things. Police fight crime. Protests are fine if they're peaceful. But Trudeau ordered his politicized police to stand down. That's why Tech Resources said, see you later. Yesterday, Jason Kenney, the Premier of Alberta, gave more information that wasn't in Tech's official letter. He had been speaking with the president of Tech. Kenney revealed that the company was told that Trudeau wasn't going to approve their mine. Trudeau was going to delay it. That's how a coward cancels something. What's the cost of delaying a $20 billion project by a year or five? What if the delay is interminable? Trudeau pretends he's going to build the Trans Mountain Pipeline one of these days. Funny how that keeps getting kicked down the road. It'll never be built under Trudeau. Tech isn't dumb. They've dealt with authoritarian rulers before. They know what it's like. They're out. One more thing Kenny said was that it was specifically Trudeau's refusal to uphold the rule of law that was on tech's board's mind when they decided to bail. Canada is lawless now. Not just for companies wanting to invest $20 billion in a project, but for everyone. Here's Toronto's Union Station. That's the most important train station in Toronto, probably in the country. It connects via rail and commuter trains and all the subway trains in the city. As you can see here, it's, it's shut down because of a handful of low-energy 
low-commitment thugs being ushered around by the usual left-wing suspects. It would take police, what, 20 minutes to clear them out? But Trudeau and Ontario Premier Doug Ford and Toronto Mayor John Tory all choose to bend the knee to the mob because each of those political leaders has a police force. Trudeau's corrupted RCMP that he has tamed so well that they won't investigate him for corruption in the SNC-Lavalin matter. Doug Ford has his OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police, and the mayor of Toronto has the Toronto Police Service. 5,000 cops, that's a small army. Billion-dollar budget. Any of those three police forces, let alone the railroad, railroad police, which actually work for the railroads, obviously have existing authority and existing laws to clear off blockades, mischief and trespass being the two most obvious criminal offenses here. But all three political leaders, Trudeau, Ford, and Tory, ordered their cops to stand down. So tech resources stood down too. As I showed you yesterday, it fell to some good old Alberta boys to simply walk up to one of the blockades and just simply dismantle it. Hard working, oil patch workers cleaning up the mess. That's right. Is this your work? Oh, it's infringing on my country's train tracks. I could watch that all day. The bad guys folded like a tent in the face of just a few regular guys. Police would have cleared it in a second had they wanted to. I mean, the thugs are obviously cowards. They usually have their faces hidden with masks. That's typically a giveaway about the moral character of the people involved. Now, in Alberta, there is no provincial police force. It's city police forces like in Edmonton and Calgary. And, of course, the railroads have their policemen. And then there's the RCMP, which is contracted to the province of Alberta to police the rest. And that's one of your problems. Because, as you know, Trudeau's hand-picked gender quota hire, Brenda Lucky, is the boss of the RCMP. I show you this hugging picture, not only because it's gross that Trudeau greets the head of the RCMP this way, it's his typical physical dominance move that he uses on women. But remember, this hug was on Canada Day last year, when the Jody Wilson-Raybould fiasco was in full flight, so it was gross for Trudeau to treat the RCMP commissioner that way. And it was even more gross for her to abide it. Yeah, no wonder there's no investigation into Trudeau's interference with the prosecutor. So much for Trudeau's RCMP, and I'm going to call it that from now on because it's not our RCMP, it's his now. His police are political now, that's too bad. Maybe Alberta should start the North, Northwest Mounted Police. I bet Saskatchewan would sign up for that too. But look, the cancelled mine is in Alberta, so what's Alberta going to do about it? Well, Jason Kenney introduced a bill called Bill 1. The Critical Infrastructure Defense Act. I like the sound of that. Let me read a bit of it for you. It's very short. Very, very short bill. It's really just three pages long. One page is definitions, and two pages are the meat of the law. Let me, I'm going to read at least half of it. Ready? Definitions. In this act, essential infrastructure means any of the following. A controlled area, installation, manufacturing plant, marketing plant, pipeline, processing plant, refinery, Road or road allowance, as defined in the Pipeline Act. A heavy oil site, mine oil production site, oil sand site, pit, private utility, privately owned development, quarry, storm drainage system, telecommunication line, transmission line, waste management facility, wastewater system, water course or waterworks system, as defined in the Environmental Protection and Enhancement Act. 
I, now, I'm not going to go through the whole list. It's very verbose, isn't it? Like, they're just listing everything. I'm not going to read it word for word because the language is a little legalistic. So I'm just going to sum it up as we scroll through it. Highways, urban rail transit like LRTs, train tracks, hydroelectric dams, agriculture, electrical equipment, natural gas equipment, coal plants, oil plants, radio equipment. So, so it's everything, right? They're calling that essential infrastructure. And let me quote, the land on which essential infrastructure is located and any land used in connection with the essential infrastructure is deemed to be part of the essential infrastructure. So I'm one third done reading the law already. That's what's covered, the, the definitions. So here's what's prohibited. This is the meat of the law. No person shall, without lawful right, justification, or excuse, willfully enter on any essential infrastructure. So you're not even allowed to enter it. No person shall, without lawful right, justification, or excuse, willfully damage or destroy any essential infrastructure. So you're not allowed on it. You're not allowed to destroy it. And then, no person shall, without lawful right, justification, or excuse, willfully obstruct interrupt or interfere with the construction, maintenance, use, or operation of any essential infrastructure in a manner that renders the essential infrastructure dangerous, useless, inoperative, or ineffective. So you can't meddle, you can't sabotage. Now let me stop there. Obviously this is already covered under existing laws, both civil and criminal. Trespass being an obvious one, mischief, <clears throat> and some other economic interference laws. I like part four of the law, though. Let me read it. No person shall aid, counsel, or direct another person to commit an offense under the sections I read, whether or not the other person actually commits the offense. So they're targeting the environmental bosses back in Toronto and Vancouver and San Francisco and Amsterdam. I like that part. Part three is the penalties. And I have to tell you, they are pitiful. Let me read a person who contravenes Section 2 is guilty of an offense and liable, in the case of an individual, for a first offense to a fine not less than a thousand bucks and not exceeding ten thousand bucks, or to imprisonment for a term not exceeding six months, or to both a fine and imprisonment. And for a second or subsequent offense in relation to the same premises, to a fine of not less than a thousand bucks again and not exceeding 25000 or to imprisonment for a term not exceeding six months, or to both. A $1,000 fine for breaking and entering for sabotage, 1000 bucks. Greenpeace activists will raise that in 60 seconds online. 1000 bucks. I've had traffic tickets almost that high. Let me read some more. In the case of a corporation, to a fine not less than 10000 and not exceeding 200000 A $10,000 fine for Greenpeace? And not more than 200000 no matter what they do, really? So you shut down a railway line for just one day, and you've done literally millions of dollars in damage. And Greenpeace is fined ten grand, maybe a maximum of two hundred grand. What a bargain. They'll make millions off it. I like that a corporation's directors would be held liable under this law, but again, they already are. Let me read this. Where a corporation commits an offense under subsection 1, any officer, director, or agent of the corporation who directed, authorized, assented to, acquiesced in, or participated in the commission of the offense is guilty of that offense and liable to the penalty provided for the offense 
whether or not the corporation has been prosecuted for or convicted of that offense. Yeah, big deal. Uh, <clears throat> here's a small point. Each day that a contravention continues constitutes a separate offense. All right, so Greenpeace could be fined 10 grand per day. One last part. Arrest without warrant. A peace officer may arrest without a warrant any person the peace officer finds contravening Section 2, uh, 1, 2, or 3. But right there, that's the problem, isn't it? Who's going to arrest anyone? The RCMP? What? What, maybe these officers right here? Michael James, you can serve. Michael? I've been served. Michael. You have been served, sir? Woo! You can take him or not? Yeah, buddy! Yeah. Are you taking him? No. <laughs> Whoa! They're not going to arrest anyone under the current laws. What, you, think, you think they're going to arrest? Or, or is it the Edmonton police that we're counting on here? They literally held back traffic to assist environmental extremists shutting down roads just a few months ago in Edmonton. The police helped the protesters. So who's going to do the arresting here? What exactly is new here? Other than it's another piece of paper. You saw the police trying to hand a piece of paper to the criminals. Like they wouldn't even take it. Don't we have enough pieces of paper already? I took you through the court order ordering the blockaders out of the coastal gas link pipeline construction. So this, this ruling came out in December. It was the latest in a series of orders. This was an order repeating the earlier order and ordering the police to follow the order. The protesters just laughed. And so did Brenda Lucky, Trudeau's girl on the job. So, so what? So we'll have some more impotent court rulings, some more papers you can hand out. But how? If the police won't enforce them, what use is another law that the police won't enforce? Right now, as I say, there are enough laws afoot to stop these blockaders in a day. But neither the police nor the prosecutors will lift a finger. I see Jason Kenney's useless justice minister, Doug Schweitzer, the red Tory. He tweeted about the new law yesterday. Let me read it. We will not be held economic hostage by illegal blockades. Not in Alberta. Not now. Not ever. Oh, you're so butch, you red Tory. Except the opposite is true. You haven't prosecuted anyone, you coward. Doug Schweitzer, the red Tory, he runs the largest law firm in Alberta. It's called the Justice Department. Hundreds of lawyers. It's packed with prosecutors. Why hasn't he prosecuted the blockaders under the laws of trespass or, or mischief? What's stopping him from doing so now? His actual title is Attorney General. He can be the prosecutor himself. Why isn't he the coward? What's holding him back? He, he loves to tweet. Oh, he's good at that. But his title is not the Tweeter General. It's the Attorney General. So why won't he prosecute? What a lazy liberal. You know who would prosecute? I would. I would. But I'm not the Attorney General. You know, I did a video a few months back on how another jurisdiction is taking on eco-extremists. They have a bill against what they call riot boosting, which is just what it sounds like. The law has been reintroduced into the South Dakota legislature. Here's a clip from my earlier video that I think Jason Kenney's office should watch in full and read the legislation in full because Doug Schweitzer clearly doesn't want to be effective. Here's what I told you about their bill before and how it allows guys like me and you 
to do what cowardly politicians won't. Take a look. The plaintiff in an action for riot boosting may recover both special and general damages, reasonable attorney's fees, disbursements, other reasonable expenses incurred from prosecuting the action, and punitive damages. A defendant who solicits or compensates any other person to commit an unlawful act or to be arrested is subject to three times a sum that would compensate for the detriment caused. Triple damages? So if you do a million bucks worth of damage to a pipeline, get ready to pay triple that. Three million. Yeah, Greenpeace can stay away. That was me a few months ago. Did you see that? You can see the original version of the bill here. It's very brief, too. This is from South Dakota's legislature. It allows private parties to sue for damages. That's what I meant by I would do it, but I can't under our law. In South Dakota, if this bill passes, you won't have to wait for a lazy red Tory like Doug Schweitzer or for Trudeau's politicized RCMP to take action. You can take action. And my favorite part about South Dakota's law is that the eco-extremists you sue as a private person, you can sue them for your damages times three. So let's say you have a company that lost $100,000 because of the rail blockade. Let's say you lost a million dollars. I don't know how much Via Rail has lost, 10 million? So you can sue for triple your loss as a private company, as a private person. You don't have to wait for a lazy prosecutor. That power is not in Alberta's new law. Alberta's new law really just restates what's in the old laws with laughably small fines, $1,000? The Tides Foundation alone has poured tens of millions of dollars into the fight against the oil sounds. $1,000? Canadian mini dollars. So like 650 bucks US. This law is a joke, just like Doug Schweitzer. Yeah, no. Um, this law isn't a fix. It's a placebo. It's a fake. This law could have been drafted by Justin Trudeau himself. It will be as useless as he is. Stay with us for more. Yesterday I showed you a video that you may not have caught when it made its debut on our YouTube page. It's the video of Sheila Gunn-Reed talking to Zach Solomon Lamera, a man with three interesting names who demolished, demolished is too heavy a word, he unpacked and threw in the garbage an illegal blockade on a railway track near Edmonton. He was hit in the face by a mass protester, police did nothing were helping Zach fight back by suing the mass protester, who we only know now as John Doe. Anyways, that was a very rare act of bravery and citizen self-respect. I think the dominant story over the last two weeks has been the opposite, mainly of police standing down. If anything, police shooing away real men like Zachary Solomon Lamera. And Basically, police not enforcing the law. They're called law enforcement officers for a reason, but I guess some laws are for some people and not for others. Joining us now live in studio is our reporter, one of several who's been on the scene of these blockades, our friend, Kean Bexley. Kean, great to see you back here at our world headquarters. Good to be here. You've been traveling around these blockades. So has Sheila Gunn-Reed, 
who talked to Zach Solomon Lamara, and so is David Menzies here in Ontario. I think that goes to the point that this truly is a national crisis. Yeah, absolutely. It's blockades across the country uh, from Vancouver, from the ports to railways, to the roads in Vancouver, to, to railways in Alberta, to railways in Quebec. We're at the point today where Quebec now says they have four days left propane. I mean, good on them. They're going to go green. And uh, the, the country's suffering. I mean, there's, there's huge problems across the board in Canada right now from uh, the Trudeau government being unable to respond to a few crises, namely the coronavirus and these blockades. Uh, one story I did just this week was in Vancouver, where these blockaders blocked the port of Vancouver, which imports and handles 30,000 metric tons of medical supplies uh, a year. And this is at a point in Canada where uh, simple surgical masks, like these N95 masks that lots of people are using to stop the spread of the coronavirus in, in communities that they live in, uh, they're costing like 150 bucks for a case of two or three of them. Hmm. So it's it's unbelievable that the Trudeau government is unable to move and and deal with some of these crises that are going to get exponentially worse in the few hmm. days ahead. Hey, let's play a quick clip from your Vancouver reporter. Let's take a look. You know, Keen, I'm all for protests. In fact, I've protested a few things in my day. And I actually think that a, a degree of civil disobedience, I think it's okay to cause a minor hassle here or there. I get it. But there's a huge difference between a slightly inconvenient political protest. And I think, I think frankly, those are a way to blow off steam in a democracy. I'm, I'm not going to be too harsh on those. But that's extremely different from masked men putting blocks on railways that could derail them, are designed to derail them, and those aren't protests. They're not even saying anything. That's eco-terrorism. Take a look at this footage that I saw just today, and this is in Ontario. Take a look. Be careful. here we're adamant that no train should pass I'm sorry that's eco terrorism and I know that there are at least three police forces that should respond every railway CN and CP have their own railway police they have the powers of a police officer they work for the police uh, the railway number two the Ontario Provincial Police. Number three, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And finally, if there's a local police authority in any town. So that's three and maybe four police forces, each of whom has sufficient legislative, statutory, and common law power to make arrests, to clear the tracks, and they are choosing not to. There's one police department in this country that is 
sort of bucking that trend, and it is the Vancouver Police Department, and I have to give them some credit for doing that. There's been two road blockades outside of the Metro Port Authority. It's at Clark and Hastings. And in each instance, it's taken some time, about 24 hours in each case, but they've ended up with about six arrests both times and charges. Uh, while they haven't been laid yet, I spoke with the uh, I spoke with the media liaison at the Vancouver Police Department, and they say they have six months to press those charges. So they might come, they might not, I don't know, but they are at least arresting people within 24 hours. That's not the case anywhere else in the country. Yeah. Um, what we saw in the case of Zachary Solomon Lamour is that the police often stand by and even try and dissuade the citizen heroes, which I yeah. find grotesque. Um, here's the thing. Zachary Solomon Lamour was peaceful, as were the other good Samaritans. I know some of their names. I think they should be heroes. Uh, Guy Simpson uh, is mm -hmm. one of them, for example. Uh, Chase Chomey. Um, Ordinary guys who did an extraordinary thing in a moment of crisis. They kept their cool, they moved the crap off the tracks. Problem solved. Mm -hmm. But I think one day, an ordinary citizen won't be so friendly, won't be so peaceful, won't be so Good Samaritan-ish, and might throw a punch, or use a stick to hit, or God forbid, a gun, or just drive over a road barrier and drive on someone. And I don't want that to happen, and I wouldn't support it if it happened, but I could understand it if it happened because as part of a community, as part of a country, there's a social contract. We give the monopoly of violence to the government, to the police, and we expect them to protect us all. And if they sit in their police cars having a cup of coffee instead of enforcing the law, why not? If it's the rule of the, uh, the jungle, if it's the law of the jungle, yeah. Why not? Well, it's, and if something like that happens, and we're seeing that violence is possibly escalating already, the Premier of Quebec says that uh, the blockaders south of Montreal have AK-47s. I believe it. Um, something is going to happen, and if, if and when it probably does, the blame will lie solely at the feet of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who has egged these protesters on and said that their cause is righteous to some degree, mm -hmm. and then turned on a dime the next day once he realized that Andrew Scheer was pulling higher than him somehow yeah. and said okay now that now this is too much this is too much but that kind of pussyfooting around is is not something that the leader of this country should be doing and the 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 consequences of that violence are are his responsibility to bear you know one of the busiest train stations in the country is called union station it's in downtown toronto it's a huge complex you've got via rail you've got um, commuter rail from around Ontario. You've got the Toronto subway that goes through. It's a very busy place. Uh, that's why it's called Union Station. It's where all the lines unite. Uh, it would be like, um, I don't know, Piccadilly Station in, in, uh, in London. And to shut that down causes so many thousands of domino effects, paralyzing other subway lines, other train lines. And part of me chuckles because Torontonians voted for the Liberals, yep. and Quebecers, where propane's about to run out, voted for the Liberals in the bloc. But I, I shouldn't chuckle. I mean, there's an irony, I suppose. I'm laughing at the irony. I'm laughing at the absurdity of those people who wanted Trudeau and his approach and who say they hate fossil fuels. Okay, fine, do without propane in this cold winter. Okay, fine, do without diesel-powered trains and live your creed. I actually don't want 
harm to come to them because some people will be devastated by this. Some people, it's just an inconvenience. Other people will lose a job over it. Other people will miss a doctor's appointment over it. Some tragic things will happen over it. It's just incredible to me that the protest left has turned against their political base. Normally, they just dump the pain on Alberta and let Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal have the moral preening. Now they're making Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal pay a price. I wonder how long that's going to last. I don't think it's going to last long. I, I mean, something has got to give here. And it's funny because it doesn't work in Alberta. We saw that it got broken up within just a few hours of them uh, blockading. And, you know, I was speaking with someone who was so angry in Calgary um, that they wanted to go blockade a railway track in Calgary just to prove the point that anyone can do it and it's an absolutely st stupid thing to do and then he thought better of it and he thought you know I don't want to I don't want to hurt my own people I don't want to hurt the people of Calgary mm -hmm. um, if he if he could have done it to you know the the, the, the folks um, in, in Ontario and Quebec maybe he, he would have done something like that but he, it, do, it doesn't make sense for these people to be hurting their own uh, mm -hmm. so who knows how long it's gonna last yeah well thanks for covering it out and about I know David is going out right now to cover the Union Station blockade. I know Sheila has covered it in Northern Alberta and you're flying around, so keep at it. Stay safe. Uh, I don't think most of the protesters are on the level of the eco-terrorists we showed uh, there in Ontario. I think most of them are like Greta wannabes. Um, they're typically low information, liberals, who just got an email, they don't know what they're talking about, they don't know what's in this pipeline or that, yeah. they don't know anything other than this is really woke. And you could push them over with a finger, like they're not dedicated, they're scared, they're vegan, they're anemic, they have a, you know, low energy. Um, I think most of them are just um, useful idiots, as Lenin would say, but a few of them, the hardcore leaders, I think they're the problem and they're the ones to watch. Last word to you. Uh, no, you're right. I, I applaud the Vancouver Police Department for doing what they're doing and actually arresting these folks. And that's, at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to solve this problem. Uh, some, some people on the liberal uh, side of the spectrum, the lefty woke media, say you can't arrest your way out of a situation. Uh, well, if it was Justin Trudeau's father, he would say, just, just watch me. And yeah. I think that this is something that we just need to see some leadership on. Yeah. All right, there we have it. Kian Bexty, our roving reporter. Stay with us, Moran, on The Rebel. On my monologue yesterday about Trump's speech in India, Selena writes, Trump is literally having a Trump rally in India. I love it. It was a Trump rally for sure, but it was also a Modi rally. The two men love those huge stadium rallies. Obviously, I only showed you what Trump said in English. Modi gave quite a talk too in, I think it was Hindi. Ted writes, Strong leaders like strong leaders. This is why they love Trump and laughed at Canada. They watched Trudeau dance around like an idiot and show off his socks. It was embarrassing. Well, I'm going to have one slight variation on your comment. You know, uh, why did so many countries around the world, at least the people in those countries, seem to prefer Barack Obama to Donald Trump? It's true, in some places, Trump's a hero. You, you know, uh, I think I showed you his speech years ago in Poland. I think I did. Um, in Israel, he was treated very warmly. Uh, India, obviously. But in many countries, Trump is less popular and America is less popular than it was under Obama.
uh, France, UK, Germany, Canada. Why is that? I mean, America is still America. It's surely not all personal, is it? Well, the thing is, Trump makes demands on world countries. To NATO countries, he says, pay more of the military cost of NATO. To hostile countries, he gets tough with them. He kills terrorists. To China, he gets into trade wars and extracts concessions from them. So um, there, there's this one moment, I'm not, I can't remember if I showed it yesterday, when Donald Trump says, I love Prime Minister Modi. And then he sort of realizes how he sounds and he says, but he's a really tough negotiator. Because he knows that people loved Obama because Obama was a weak negotiator. Iran loved Obama because Obama gave it all away. Cuba loved Obama because Obama gave it all away. Canada loved Obama because Obama made no demands on Canada. The countries that hate Trump hate him because he's standing up for America's interests and making them pay the price militarily or trade-wise. So that's a wrinkle I'd add to your comment. Strong countries like Donald Trump, sure, if they're strong allies. But a lot of countries hate America because it's asserting itself. Charles writes, after watching the Namaste Trump rally, I, start, I started seeing all the comments about Trudeau's visit, and I had to look it up. I didn't think I could feel any worse for Canadians. Yeah, you know, and that's the irony. The fancy pants, diplomatic, bureaucratic, politically correct left says, oh, diplomacy is such a delicate art. You have to understand that cowboys like Ronald Reagan, who brought down the Berlin Wall, or Stephen Harper, who stood up to Vladimir Putin, or Donald Trump, who's making China bend the knee. You have to st understand that foreign policy is not about brutes like that. It's about sophisticated people like Obama and Trudeau. No. Donald Trump's tweets accomplish more diplomacy than anything Trudeau has done in his pitiful vote-buying tour for the UN Security Council. Why does he even want that? He can't run Canada and he wants to run the world. Folks, on that note, I'll say goodbye for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, good night and keep fighting for freedom.